about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, go to Romans chapter 8 this morning. Romans chapter 8, we're going to start at verse 18. It says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed where? In us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption under the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together now. This is interesting because this shows you that Adam's original sin that he did did not just affect people, it affected even the earth. It affected the trees, it affected the flowers, it affected the weather, it affected the plants, it affected all these things. And here it says that all creation, every palm tree out there is waiting. Every grass seed is waiting. Every bush is waiting. What are they waiting for? They're waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Not the manifestations of the sons of God, but the manifestation of the sons of God. What does that mean? For people who've been born again and come into the kingdom start acting like people who've been born again and come into the kingdom. They act like people with power. They act like people with the anointing. They act like people with, with the glory that's going to be revealed from where? In Notice, in them. Say, in them. In them. You, you hear a lot on the news and stuff about global warming right now because the weather's changing and all these disasters are happening. Let me straighten you out on that. There is no global warming. Okay? You know why the earth is like it is? Because of sin. And the more sin you promote and approve, the more stuff you're going to have happen because all creation is waiting for someone to rise up and bring righteousness back into this land to where even the plants and everything will join in. I mean, there was never a weed before Adam sinned. No, I'm poking weeds all the time. How many know we're in a 50-month, 50 50-week 50 drought and a dang weeds still grow? You'd think I was feeding them and watering them for God's sakes. No, they're not going anywhere, praise God. Why is that? Because all that stuff is under the curse, praise God. So notice, all creation is waiting on me. Say, all creation, all creation is waiting on me, waiting on me to, get to get a revelation of what the blood, of what the blood has, provided for me. has provided for me. All right, go to Revelations 19. All right, Revelations 19, look at verse 6. Revelations 19, 19. Verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of many thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reign. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. 
Now notice this scripture. We all know this is talking about Jesus coming back. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's going to come back. But notice what it says here. The church has been a little mistaken because it says he's going to come back when his wife has made, has made, has made, has made herself ready. See, everybody says, I wish Jesus would come back. Everything's so terrible here and he'll straighten stuff up. No, he's waiting for you. We think he's waiting for, come here and rescue me. He's not coming here to rescue you. He's coming to you for a bride that has already made herself the way she's supposed to be. I mean, let's face it, man, when we got married, we did nothing to prepare our bride. Right? We didn't tell her how to dress. We didn't tell her what to do. She prepared herself for her bridegroom. We are the bride of Christ. We are to be preparing ourselves. The Bible talks about ten virgins. Five of them were walking in the power of God with the oil. Five of them didn't have no oil. That means 50% of the possible people getting ready for the Lord to come back were not ready. You go in the upper room. Jesus appeared to 500 people before he left. You know how many showed up in the upper room? 120. This morning is a warning, warning, warning. What is that? Lost in space. Warning, <laughs> warning, warning. Unidentified protein. Yeah, we're in a warning stage now, I think, as we see revival breaking out all over the place and going everywhere, and, and basically it, it's more. What, what, what we want is more to be just an ordinary church person. There's enough ordinary churches with ordinary church people out there. People who come to church, do their duty, go home, have a little fellowship. But God wants you. Right. Wants me. He wants us in a relationship with him so close that it doesn't matter what church we're in or what we're doing or where we're at because we're walking above all the other things of this earth realm right now. So he's not coming back to rescue us. He's coming back for someone who's ready for him to come back. And you've got to make up in your own mind. Here's a choice again. Are you going to be one of those? Come on, who is ready, or at least on the way to becoming ready? Come on now, rather than just sitting back, well, it's Sunday, coffee house, I'll be there about 10, come to church, get a couple praises, hallelujah, go home. No, this, this is a full-time, 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week thing. It's a walk with God that we all need to enter into, and we need to be there. So basically here it says here that the wife is making herself ready. Say herself ready. Herself ready. All right, go to Matthew 24. All right, Matthew 24, look at verse 14. Jesus is the one speaking. He says, and this gospel of what? The kingdom shall be preached into how? Where? All the world for a witness unto all nations. And what happens? Then the end shall come. Look at it again. And this gospel, what gospel of the kingdom shall be preached where? In all the world for a witness to how many nations? All nations. And then what will happen? The end shall come. So this is telling us basically there is going to be a massive harvest coming in the last days, if you're following the, the real news, you're seeing that revival is breaking out all over the place in all other countries. This gospel is being entered into all the nations and all the places of the world. That means it's going to be an all-inclusive. It's not just going to be a, a this city revival, that city revival. It's going to be this 
state revival, this country revival, this hidden place in the back revival. There's a revival moving right now, and it's going to continue to grow and grow and grow and grow, and it's going to unite a world harvest before the end. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Glory to God. Now, back in the old days when, when Moses was here and before the Holy Ghost was given and all that stuff, basically it talked about three different places. It talked about the outer court, talked about the holy place, and it talked about the holies of holies where the veil separated the two. That is, that is a type and shadow of our walk in this day and hour. You can walk if you want to in the outer court as a Christian. You're going to die. You're going to go to heaven. Maybe you won't understand anything about the gospel or Jesus or the kingdom. But there's, and there's going to be those who are in the holy place. And in the holy place are people who come into church a little bit more, are pressed into a little bit more, are seeking God a little bit more. But then there are those who are going to go through the veil. Hallelujah. That's right. Give me a minute. Who are going to go through the veil and they're going to walk in the holiest of holies every single hour and every single day of their life. You know, uh, James said the other night about there's revival breaking out here and people got devils and people got demons. I believe God has specifically put little pockets of people in those places. So even if you've got a, a church that doesn't believe in anything, and all, once it starts breaking out, there are several undercover agents Amen. Who, who, uh, who have failed to raise their hand because they wanted to stay in that church. For God's sakes, they didn't speak in tongues because they'd been thrown out. They're just biding the time, singing about Mary and Joseph and everybody else. But when revival hits, come on, and there's going to be something needed that needs to be done, they're going to come out from undercover, and there's going to be signs, wonders, and miracles like you never say before. Let me tell you, God knows what he's doing. He knows how to orchestrate this stuff. He knows how to, Sometimes you've got to stay hidden to end up being noticed. But everybody in the church wants to be noticed. What's your name? Well, I'm Reverend Pastor Apostle. Uh, dear Jesus. Doctor dot, 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 dot. I got an AD, a PD, an ND, a FD. See, that proves absolutely nothing. Because when revival breaks out, you'll be the first one that needs deliverance. And when devils start coming out of you, people are going to know you're probably not where you're supposed to be, praise God. And that's all there is to it, praise God. So there's three places. There's outer court. There's holy place. And there's the beyond the veil. And I'll tell you, the veil is your mind. The veil that keeps you from one holy place into the holiest of holy place is the way you think about yourself and the way you think about God. So God has been trying to recondition you through the Spirit. The Spirit of God is trying to renew you all the time so that you, like song we sang, know who you are. It's one thing to sing the song. It's one thing to act like the song. So what are we doing? We're learning every day. We're studying. We're finding out who we are. We're, we're doing the things that we're supposed to do because it's a time and day where you need to walk in the Holy Ghost. You need to walk with God every single hour of every single day. God will show you your battles before your battles get here if you're walking with God. Why? He's in the spirit realm. How I many you know the spirit realm might be a little greater than the natural realm? Yeah, you can see things in the spirit that are coming against you before they even get you. You've already dealt with them, so when they get here, why do you think Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane? Because he knew there was a bad deal coming. And what was he doing? He was preparing himself. He was getting ready for that day. You know, maybe he hadn't even made up his mind yet. If they want to take you to the cross, don't tell me, I'll go right away. All right, let's try it. No, no. He went there and he labored. And he had some people interceding for him who were also good sleepers. That tells you, don't ask everybody to pray for you. Find people who are not going to sleepeth 
when you need them, but they're going to pray. They're going to intercede. They're going to pray with you. They're going to stand with you. They're going to fight with you. But Jesus had to do it. And as you walk with God, you see things before they happen. If you watch this world's news, you're never going to get beyond. Never beyond the natural realm because they hit you with the natural and hit you with the natural and hit you with the natural. They don't do anything spiritual for you. You've got to get your information from someplace else. From the word and the spirit of God that's on the inside of you, that's where we get our information. That's what we do. So we want to get to a place where we can walk with God on a daily basis, not just Sunday. Sunday's fine. It's a refresher. Wednesday's a little kick in the seat of the pants. That's good. But you and your own got to walk with them. And, and I mean, if, if Jesus' bride's ready, that means they're ready to live with him and walk with him when they get there. They're not living for God now, could care less about God, don't even know him, then not once they're going to be there. No, it doesn't work that way. So we're moving toward the bride of Christ. We're moving towards walking with God. We're moving toward a place where we hear God, we understand God, we're aware of God all the time. All right, go to Genesis chapter 5. And I'll tell you, there's not many people walking with God but there's going to be a lot more here in the next couple of years. All right, Genesis chapter 5, are you there? Should be near the front of your Bible. Look at verse 24. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not. Why? Because God took him. See, now, we're not talking fiction here. We're talking Bible. Amen. Enoch, he walked with God, and then he disappeared. Why? Because God took him. Now, they've got to remember, this is a time. He was an ancestor of Abraham, of course. This was a time, basically, where Abra Abraham, or not Abraham, Adam had sinned, and when he sinned, the whole body turned against God. They were sinners. They didn't walk with God anymore. They were afraid of God. They were led by their senses. Nobody could walk with God. They weren't even holy anymore. They weren't righteous anymore. They couldn't do it whatsoever. They couldn't walk with God. And here comes Enoch along. I walk with God. <laughs> Nobody walks with God. Oh, yeah, I walk with God. No, you can't walk with God because of what Adam did. We're sinners, and we can't walk to God, and don't give me that stuff. We're not, you can't walk with Let me tell you what I do. I walk with God. And then they didn't believe him, but one day when God took him, How many of that struck a revelation? Amen. Yeah, all once God took him. Why? Because he walked with God. The Bible says in these last days there's going to be perilous, evil times. How many know they're here? Yeah. We're seeing stuff I would never believe 30 years ago that I would ever see in my day and age. Evil is getting worse and worse. It's condoned. It's praised. It's almost worshipped at this point. It's gone on. But I'm figuring if Enoch in his day could walk with God in the midst of that, then we can walk with God. There's a spirit of Enoch coming to the church where people are going to start walking in and above the natural realm and the natural things that are going on and all those things, and we are going to live above those things in our life, and people are going to wonder what's the matter with us because they're going to think we're crazy. And you know what you're going to tell them? I'm walking with God. And you know what they're going to say? Nobody walks with God. You can't walk with God. God's not even real. You can't do it. Oh, yeah, I walk with God. And one day we're going to get took. And we get, when we get taketh away, there's going to be a marvelous revelation that hits this place. It takes place. Look at, look at back in the days of Moses and Noah. Look at Noah. Here's Noah. How many know at that time things were getting really evil? So Noah's building an ark. He's telling everybody, man, you better get ready. 
You understand? Something's coming, and you better get ready because there's a flood coming. Everybody, <laughs> hadn't rained. <laughs> Not going to be. <laughs> so finally builds the ark, gets people on it, and some of them get saved, and the rest of them drowned out there. But notice, those people were like in the outer court. They did not heed the warning that came from their prophet, pastor, or whoever it was. They didn't heed that. So basically when the flood came, how many know it was too late? There's those who listened to it, and they got in the boat and were saved. They were in the holy place. But notice Enoch was in the holies of holies because the flood really didn't affect him very much where he was at. It didn't matter how bad it got, how many people died, what took place. Enoch was well above that. That didn't even phase him at all. It could have flooded forever and wouldn't have made any difference to him because he was walking in a different place than everybody else. The Bible says the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. When we're walking in Christ Jesus, we live immune from the things that are on this earth. Will they come against their life? Yes, but they will not control our life or control our decisions when something hits our life. Why? We're walking above that. We're above that. If something comes and it starts rising up on you, you can just say, I choose joy. You're going to panic, freak out, go right ahead. I choose joy. Oh, you're going to walk in unforgiveness and offense? Sorry. I choose joy and peace. And I choose love. James taught on love a little bit Wednesday night, praise God. And I know nobody in this church needed it. Because everybody's walking in it. So that was great, praise God, to know that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. No. No, love's a big thing. How many know that's a big thing in revival? God is love. God is revival. God is love and revival, praise God. So it's something in there. So we need to learn to walk with God as an Enoch generation. All right, go to Colossians chapter 1. When we went on the cruise and uh, we tour sometimes in the morning, get back at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and they were beautiful afternoons and things. And I'd always think about, gee, by the time I get back, you know, all the chairs around the pool, everybody sits around the pool is going to be gone. Probably be sitting over in a corner someplace or over here or that. And the first day we went early and we were going to get back, and I was thinking, well, well probably maybe I'll just stay up in the room or something. I don't know, because I probably won't be able to get by the pool. It's too late in the afternoon. It's already 3 o'clock. And basically God said, you don't understand, most of the people on this cruise already have a tan. See, because most of the people on the tan were from the islands or from whatever, and not a whole lot of them spend their day laying out in the sun. So when we got up there, we took our towels. I said, Becky, look at this. Man, we got our choice of chairs anywhere. There's chairs everywhere here. It's marvelous here. So praise God, hallelujah. No sense panicking over your chair if you're working for me. <laughs> All right, Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse 25. Paul says, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me to you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. All right, now here it is. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The day you get born again, come into the kingdom of God, where does Christ go? He lives on the inside of us. Christ will come in you first and then through you second. Amen. And the answer to the world, everybody says, what's the answer to the world? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is not the answer to the world. Jesus Christ in you is the answer to the world. That's just a cop-out because you don't want to do anything. Will you pray for me? I would, but Jesus. 
is the answer to everything. No, you're the answer to everything. That's why he's living on the inside of you. That's why he made you an ambassador. That's why he put you here. He put you here so you would do his works and the same works and greater works than he did on the inside of you. So sure, he comes and lives on the inside of us. How many know a lot of people don't even have this revelation? That God lives on the inside of you. You are not a visitation of God. You are a habitation of God. Everybody wants to be visited. Why not be inhabited? And I'll tell you where the visitations come from if they're strong, from your inhabitation. I'm going to rub right over somebody's head. Anybody see it go by? Yeah, it doesn't come from the outside in. It comes from the inside out. When you get goosebumps and you're cold, you get them out here. But when you get goosebumps from the Holy Ghost, they don't come from out there. They come from in here. You play one song and all once these goosebumps come on you. We didn't turn the air down. No, something on the inside of you got stirred up. And the Spirit of God said, hey, that's gay. That's it. Hey, that's good. Hey, that's truth. Hey, that." your mind says, that's not it. And your Spirit says, that's it. Ever argue with your mind? Let me, let me do this. Is there a day goes by that you don't argue with your mind? Yeah, you're arguing, ain't it? Because it's in the natural. It just knows natural things, man. It wants to look everything natural, and then your spirit rises up on the inside. Man, I can remember when I first uh, got saved, and I was hungry for God and reading everything. And m m our family, of course, was Catholic, and Mom had a bunch of books back there that she had that she'd never read, but she had books, you know. <laughs> and there was one there by, by a guy named E.W. Kenyon. How many ever heard of him? Yeah, yeah. So I pulled it out. E.W. Kenyon started reading that book. I thought, my God, this guy is so demon-possessed, he's going to need... He's telling me that I can heal the sick, that I can cast out devils, that I can walk in victory, that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ? No, I'm the drunkest guy in God in Christ. But as I kept reading it, the problem was he had so dang much scripture to back it up. And I started reading it and found out it was free. But how many know, to begin with, it was trying to be blocked. See, you're holy and righteous. It'll block you. No, you're not. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. I can't do nothing. Somebody help me. That's not who you are, praise God. No. So on the inside, the veil's being removed so that we can walk in the presence of God. How can two walk together unless they be? So I'm going to have to agree with God. And I'll tell you one way you agree is with something right here. I don't know. Never goes right for me. Uh, it just always goes wrong. I don't know where God is. I know you're supposed to be around here someplace. Are you walking in the presence of God? Oh, we're so close. I wouldn't even stay around here. Why would he? Do you see what I mean? No, that's not who we are. We're being led by the natural realm by our feelings and emotions, and it's time to step over into the spirit. You're a spirit being. You have a soul, and you live in this that's who you are. You're a spirit being. So instead of putting on your flesh, put on your spirit on the outside. Wear your spirit man on the outside. Wear the holy and righteous man on the outside. The glory and powerful man on the outside. The bold man on the outside. That's who you are, but that's got to come out and be on the outside rather than your physical that everybody looks at about what's going on in their life, what's happening, what's not happening. So we want to walk, I want to walk in the presence of God. I, I've been in the presence of God. I've been there. Do I stay there all the time? Not yet. But I'm getting closer, praise God, hallelujah. See, when you come up front here and we lay hands on you and we do whatever and you fall down in the joy and the laughter, that is like uh, the people at the mall who got the chicken and they come around and they try to give you a taste of chicken. And why do they want to give you that taste of chicken? Because they know you'll, if you like it, you'll buy their chicken. Well, God gives you a little touch. And you laugh on the floor for 15 minutes and get up. Oh, I hope that happens again next Sunday. No, that was a taste for you. Just trying to show you. Hey, 
You can walk here. Yeah, I mean, you can't lay on the floor and laugh all day long, but you can walk in that presence. Are you following me? That's there. You can do that. And he touches you, and some people fall down. Some people vibrate. Some people feel the presence. That's saying, hey, you can do, you can do, you can do this. You can do this without that guy up here in front. You can do it every day. You can walk in my presence. You can do it. I'm here. I never leave you. I never forsake you. I never. I mean, you hear some Christians who say, I had the greatest revelation today. What is it? He never leaves me nor forsake me. I said, how long have you been saved? 20 years. My God. <laughs> That is one powerful revelation you got there. No, we should be growing. We should be understanding. He's always there, praise God. He's never left us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's always there to help us. He's always there. So we want to walk in the presence. But first of all, we want the Spirit of God in us, which we have. Now we want him revealed through us to other people, praise God. All right, go to Isaiah chapter 26. All right, Isaiah chapter 26, are you there? Look at verse 9. It says, With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me I will seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn what? Now notice, first it talks about your soul. With my soul I have desired thee in the night, but with my spirit, that's how you seek God, within me I will seek thee early. For when the judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn what? Righteousness. Now we've heard it, judgments coming on the earth, judgments coming on the earth. Ju now we know God's a God of love. How many of you know that? So he's not going to be burning people up. He's not going to be blowing them away. He's not going to be killing. He loves everybody just as much as he loves you. I don't care how bad they are, that's what he does, he does it. But notice, judgment is coming, not because God's mad, not because God wants to hurt anybody. Judgment is coming so that they will learn righteousness. What's he trying to do? He's trying to turn through what happens in this realm for people who basically are living out there someplace, turn them to God and turn them to a righteous lifestyle so they can be part of the walk with God and the Enoch generation in the last days. And I'll tell you, some of the people who come in at the end knew will run by Go run by the 60 years in church, people, because they've got it all figured out and all down, praise God. But no, praise God, here, what's he doing? He's trying to get people to change. He's trying to get people to do. With my spirit, I'm seeking him, and he's turning me into someone righteousness. The Bible says there's going to come a day when people are going to fight to get in the kingdom of God. In other words, things are going to get so bad in the earth realm, they're going to say, I've got to get, who knows God? Somebody tell me who God is and how I can get in this kingdom thing because you're walking. Somebody help me, please. Somebody do something. And you're just going to say, oh, just come into the kingdom of God and make Jesus. I'll do it, praise God, because things are terrible. It's going to get that way. So judgment is coming to the earth, but it's to turn people into a righteous position so they can walk into things of God also. Will everybody heed the judgment? Some will excuse it. Some will make up stories. Someone will blame Trump. Someone will, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, there goes this teaching. This will not be, on, be online. But. Yeah, they want to blame everybody else but themselves for not making the right decision. And some people get worse and worse and worse and just don't change. My God, you think you do something to make an adjustment. So judgment is coming. That's right. And it's coming. But notice, the Bible says we are not of this world. So why are we so more aware of this world than the world that we're from? 
We were sent here. We're ambassadors of here. This isn't our hometown, praise God. We're just here to do a job right now. So why get tied up in the natural things that are going up rather than the spiritual things, which are your directions from heaven itself, telling you what you should be doing each and every day? Because you get into worry, you get into fear, you get into all this stuff. You can't walk with God like that. You can't. You're still going to heaven. Hallelujah. You're still a Christian. You're still in church. But you cannot walk with God and worry and fear and all those things because God's not in there anywhere at that time. The Bible says we're a peculiar people. We're a holy nation. That's who we are. That's who he says we are. So I'm going to take that. That's who I am. I'll tell you on the inside of you right now, you may go to the doctor, but let me tell you, what, tell you whose DNA you really got. Amen. You've got type A blood. No, I got type God blood. What I got on the inside of me, because that's what's on the inside of you. Praise God! You've been born again of God, so you got His DNA on the inside of you, and, and you've got to quit looking at people. I mean, there is no longer Chinese, Japanese. There is no longer black or white. There is no—I mean, no, that would solve the whole racial issue going on. There is that anymore. There's just one. Praise God, and that's the people of God. Praise God are the only ones. Your outdoor, what you live in, doesn't make any difference at all. Praise God, and people are fighting over it. For goodness sakes, no, no. In the spirit realm, you don't fight over that stuff. You don't care. I told people uh, they were my associate pastors for three years, till somebody told me they were black. <laughs> somebody came up and said, uh, "Are your associate pastor black?" I said, "My God, they are." <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. I didn't even, I didn't know that. You don't see black. You don't see white. You don't see Philippine. You don't see Asian. You don't see all this crap, man. You're spirit beings. Praise God. So start thinking and acting like a spirit being. The Bible says we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Is that for real or is that just something we read? Hallelujah. No. You can walk right into God, man, face to face if you're living in righteousness. And it says you can boldly claim and proclaim and ask what you want and do what you want. How I many know God likes that? You come in there and say, hey, bless God, I'm walking in divine health. This symptom's on me. It's got to go. God says, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You got any proof? Yeah, I got by his stripes. I was healed. Bingo! Evidence for you. Healed. See, we can come boldly to the throne. Why is that? The Bible says that blessed are those who are pure of heart, for they shall see God. Now, this isn't talking about when you go to heaven. It's talking about now. If you're pure in heart, if your motives are pure, if everything's pure, if you're seeking the kingdom of God, if you're getting more spots and wrinkles out of you, praise God. Wouldn't it be great if this worked in the natural? Every time you get a little closer to God, you lose a wrinkle. Yeah, yeah, yep, praise God. That'd be really nice. You could bottle that and make a bunch of money, praise God, before it was over with yeah, blessed are the pure in heart. We want to be pure in heart. Apparently, Enoch was pure in heart. How many of you know? Because basically God took him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 3. I want to walk with God. In the years i got left, I'm going to walk with God every single day, and I want anything taking me out of that. And it's... I found it's a lot easier to walk with God when you turn your phone or don't have, nobody has access to it. You're not tempted to look at Facebook. Your phone don't work. You're not look at your emails. Your phone don't work. Getting real quiet in here, ain't it? Yeah. You want to do a Lenten fast? Try that one. You'll think giving up food's easy. Come on. Yeah. Give up food? No. How about your phone? I, I'll, I'll food. I'll do, I'll do food. 
I'll do food. Let's not go any further than that. I'll do food. That's it. You've got you to wonder how we ever did it, praise God, back in the old days. All right, Hebrews chapter 3. Look at verse 15. While it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation. For someone they had heard did provoke, albeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? With it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to them swear that he should not enter into his rest, for them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So see, it's your unbelief that's keeping you out of your walk for God. Your unbelief in who God is, what he can do, who you are, all the circumstances and situations you got, all these things take you down into unbelief where you forget who you are. Remember the Bible says it's like people who go to the mirror and look and see who themselves and they walk away and they forget. It's like coming to Sunday church, rah, rah, this is who I am, walking away on Monday and this is who I am, and then Wednesday, and then back and forth. No, we got to remember who we really are. And how many know it takes faith, which removes the veil, to believe that, because when you look in the mirror, you ain't going to seize that. See? You're not going to see yourself as holy, righteous, powerful, all these things. You're going to almost have to convince yourself of these things. And the, as much as that veil comes down, the more you walk in the presence of God. The more you get in agreement with him, the more. Everything you, you know, we, I was in the name it and claim it for years, and still am, basically. Where you name it and you claim it, and you name it and you claim it. Well, we never understood that that works in the negative realm. We'll say, I'm healed. And then well, I'm sickness just terrible. I've been sick all the time. I just don't know what's the matter with me. I'm sick. But I'm healed. But I'm declaring. Yeah, but you're also claiming on the underside. So we want to claim what God has done for us, what he did. So here he says, there is a rest. There was a rest back in those days. How many know when they were in the wilderness, they could have walked right out of the wilderness? How many know when they were supposed to go in the land with the large grapes and all those things? And God said, go in there. And I sent the 12 spies in there. And two of them said, let's go. And 10 of them said, no. No, we're just grasshoppers. Grasshoppers. Yeah, they were grasshoppers, so they didn't go in. Could they have went in? Yeah. Didn't God give them the land? Yeah. Then why didn't they go in? Uh -huh. Unbelief. Uh -huh. See, it's the same thing for us. God's saying, come walk with me. Come live in my presence. Come walk in the power, walk in the glory. I'm just a grasshopper. I'm bread. They're going to eat me up when I get in there. See, but all they had to do was believe, and they could have walked right out of it. All we have to do is believe what he says about us and who we are, and we can walk in the presence of God every single day of our life. And notice that time there was 12, and there was only two of 12. See, the odds just keep getting worse. First was 50%, then down to like 30, now it's getting even lower yet. These are people who had the opportunity to do something. But the best part here is, look at verse 6. Seen, therefore, it remains that some must enter in and they to whom it was first preached entered in, not because of what? So there's still a rest there, isn't there? It wasn't just for those people back then. It's for now. I can walk in a rest. What is a rest? Perfect peace and joy every single day in the presence of God. I'm walking. And people got trouble with the joy. My God. Every time somebody gets the joy in church, everybody panics. I've never seen anything like it. Glory to God. And all you got to do is read your Bible. In his presence is fullness of I mean, what's so hard about that to understand? You can pick it out of Psalms. It's in there all over the place. The Bible says when he delivered them out of captive in Psalm 126, he filled their mouth with laughter. What's the matter with these people? Well, he filled their mouth with laughter. See? 
The joy is spiritual. It's, it's, it's in the Bible. It's there. And that's all you need to know. You don't need to know who does it, who don't do it, but you've got to understand that it belongs to each and every one of us who wants that joy. So you had the 12 spies who went in, went out, didn't work. So Jesus has appealed to people over and over and over again. What for? To walk with him in the presence of God. He wants a close walk with you more than you want a close walk with him. He does. And that's what makes it so easy. You know, I always pictured God as running away from you, you know, because you were so filthy. And you're trying to catch him, but you can't catch him because he's a lot faster than you. He's God. And you're still trying to catch up to him, you know, and you're never going to get there. I never knew he was running towards me. See, wanting a relationship with me, wanting to walk with me, wanting to talk with me. I can't hear from God. Well, quit doing this and just hear. See, it's natural for you to hear from God. God lives on the inside of you. He speaks to you here. He may speak to you through other people, but he doesn't have to speak to you through other people. You don't have to have a prophecy. You don't have to have a word. He's right in here, and he will speak to you. It's, some, it's your conscience, you may call it. It's that still, small voice. It's that intuition that I should do this and not do this. And your mind says, definitely do this. And your spirit says, do this. And now you're in trouble, aren't you? So sometimes you need counsel. And you need to call and say, Pastor Tom, should I do this or do this? And I'll say, you know which one to do. And they say, yeah, you don't even have to tell me. I shouldn't even call. Because you know right from wrong by now, see? You're just looking for some kind of agreement with anybody. So you go find some sinner boy out there and who's nothing about God. And you'll ask him and he'll, he'll agree with you in the natural. Then you'll do it. And then you'll want to blame him. No, see, you've got it on the inside of it. You can walk with God and you can talk with God. You can spend time in God's presence every single day. That don't mean you're going to be fruity. Don't mean you're going to be anything else. It just means you're going to be a normal person who hears more on the inside than he does on the outside. And you're going to see things in the spirit that nobody else sees, and that's fine. You don't have to tell everybody what you see. There's things I've seen uh, I could have preached five years ago, and I'm not going to preach until it is time. I mean, no, there's a time, and there's a season. But this is the season of the world harvest right here. This is the season when people walking with God are going to make an impact. These, when people are walking with God, people don't even know who they are, don't even know they're walking with God. But it's going to manifest in this day because Jesus is going to manifest out of the inside, and we're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles. You can be whatever you want. You can be an outer court Christian, no condemnation. You can be a holy place Christian, praise God, or you can walk in the holiest of holiest of holiest of holiest. All right, one more, Matthew chapter 7. This is a scripture, man, I studied and studied. Whenever you find a scripture you don't like, you try to study it a little bit more. To like ones you don't have to study, you just say, that's good. <laughs> you ever do that? Yeah. Like, like Peter, how often do I got to forgive? Seven times? Seven times 70. Oh, I don't want to study that scripture. <laughs> My God, if you just said seven, I might look at it again, but cross that one out of here. Praise God. All right, Matthew chapter 7. Are you ready? Look at verse 22. It says, Jesus says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have we not cast out devils? And in that name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto you, I never even knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Now, how many of you got that underlined and got a big star around it and you read that every day? Nobody, do you? You read that and you go, yeah, 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 yeah. Verse 28. Yeah, what's he talking about? He's talking about that when the time comes and in your life right now, it doesn't, God doesn't really judge you by what you've done. He judges you by what you've become. So the more I'm becoming like him, the more I'm walking in his presence. It doesn't matter how many demons I've cast out. You're going to cast out demons. 
See, you're going to heal the sick, but it's all about not what you do, but what you've become that he's given you the opportunity. It's how much that veil has you pulled down and got rid of. How much of it is gone so you're walking in the presence of God because that's what he wants. So for us, it's not Christ, the hope of glory. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory in these days. And you are going to get plenty of opportunities to minister in this day and this hour. They are just going to walk right up to you. It's just amazing. We were on the trip and there was one young lady who was a, a good little tour guide and she was on there and said, how long have you been doing this? She said, five years. I said, what do you do when you don't do this? Because they do tourism. I mean, you know, tourism ends for their summer. She said, I don't really do anything. I just save up enough money so I can make it to the next tourism. And I said, well, how do you like this? She says, oh, it's so stressful. So stressful. You run into all kinds of people and some people are mad and some people want this and that. It's just so stressful. And I said, are you stressed all the time? She said, pretty much. I said, is that helping you? She said, not really. I said, then why keep doing it? She said, huh, I don't know why I keep doing it <laughs> if it's not helping me any way for me to be stressed. I said, well, try not to be stressed. Give that a shot. See if that works. Walk in peace once. Just get away from me, stress. Do this or that. So we gave her a book, of course, and I gave her the mytcvc.com. I said, if you want to put something good in here for a change, Rather than what you're hearing, just go there and listen to a sermon, listen to another sermon, see what it does for you. I said, listen to it. It'll probably help you. It'll probably do something. But see, to her, she's so attached to the natural that she thinks stress is the norm. She wouldn't understand you if you didn't ever stress. She'd think you were nuts. But she stressed, and I'm sure her mommy was a good stressor. And her daddy was probably the best stressor of all stressors of all kind. And they passed it down to her, and then she'll get married, and she'll pass down her stressor upon her kid's stressor. That's the way the whole thing has worked. So it's not only important for you to walk with God. It's important for your kids to see you walk with God, your relation to see you walk with God, to see my grandchildren, me, walk with God. See, to walk in peace and walk in joy and not panic and not freak out because they pick all that stuff up. So we've got an opportunity. You're going to run into people. Ask them how they're doing. Terrible. Well, that's a good place to start. Why are you doing terrible? Well, it just never goes right. Would you like to have something go right for a change? Oh, maybe. That'd be a good idea, yeah. Because they don't know. They're stuck in a pattern. That's why we don't understand what's the matter with them. But you're stuck in a pattern. As a matter of fact, you were. We were all stuck in some kind of pattern. They were stuck in a religion. Stuck in there. And fighting for it, praise God. And 100% into it. Glory, that's, but that's what they learned. That's where they were. And that's what they did. Drinking, that's what I learned. I couldn't figure out why everybody didn't drink. People are sober. What's the matter with them? <laughs> Don't anybody see this world? You've got to be drunk to live here, man. What's the matter with everybody? <laughs> My gosh. What, you're going to have one beer and go home? What, you need saved? What's the matter with you? See, wh whatever you're normalized to, you're normalized to, so it becomes normal to you until that pattern's broke by the Spirit of God on the inside of us. And how many know you're still breaking patterns in my life and might be breaking some in yours? But we all want to get to a place where we're walking with God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Can you imagine a church body that was doing that? Where there's no longer judgment or no longer blah, 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 and no longer gossip, no longer that. Everybody just loved everybody and everybody just cared about everybody and saw them as a spiritual being. And you know, even when they're messing up, we prayed for them. It says in the Bible that those that are spiritual will help those who step out of the spirit. The problem is God can't find anybody spiritual to do that. We want to join them. No. But that's changing. I'm telling you right now, God needs people now. Because if this thing moves any quicker, he's going to need more people than he's got out there right now incognito. We're going to have to get on the move here. So you spend time. You press into God. You go for him. He wants you to. Get hungry. Get hungry! Yeah.
Dang it. Hungry for the things of God, praise God. And if you ain't got time to do it, love him with your mind. You can be riding in a, in a car that's on the wrong side of the road, turning cars and almost running into other cars, and you can still be conversing with God at the same time. Matter of fact, you better be conversing with God. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. It's not you've got to go to your prayer room 32 hours a day and read the Bible and everything. Just stay hooked up to God. And this is something you've got to train your mind to do. How many of you know that? You're going to be casting down thoughts and imaginations that come against the thing of God and keep casting down until you get to a place where you're thinking about God all the time. See? And that's what it's all about. That's walking with Him, praise God. It's like your first love. Remember, it talks about your first love. Remember the first time Latasha fell in love with Ben? And that's all she thought about day and night was Ben, 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 Ben. When she went for ice cream, she went to Ben and Jerry's. It's just because she loved him so much, she just had to do that, praise God. Well, we've got to keep that going in our marriages and also with God, praise God. But in God first, it'll be better in your marriage than at that time, praise God. All right, hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I give you praise and glory. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to walk with you in our daily lives right now. I just thank you for that your spirit will continue to lead and guide us into all truth. Holy Ghost, you have your way in our lives. We've got a, you've got a hunger group here, Lord, and we are ready, man. I'm telling you, we're ready to do whatever you want us to do, where you want us to go, and what you want to happen. And we thank you for the power that you've already given us. We thank you that we are righteous human beings. We thank you that we are holy. We thank you that we are on top. We thank you that we are ones who live in victory 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we give you glory because all that is due to you it has nothing to do with us by your blood on the cross and we thank you for it in Jesus name and everybody said amen 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 amen, amen, amen.